0: So, would you say that audio tweets are podcasts? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> they're, they're
1: micro podcasts. Hello. And thank you for joining the IPG Media Lab from each of our respective homes. I am your host, Scott Elderson, and this episode was recorded on Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020. Uh, so listeners, welcome back to, a, to another week. Uh, excited to have everybody here. Uh, in case you were wondering, we were off last week. I was on vacation. It was beautiful. Uh, but Adam, I'm back. Uh, I'm excited to be back, and I'm ready to talk about some news.
0: Great. Lots has happened.
1: Oh, yeah? Got to fill me in. What uh, <laughs> what, what I miss? <laughs> uh, Peacock
0: launched while you were gone. They waited for you to go out of town um so i mean good timing good timing yeah yeah um good timing what else happens uh
1: apparently tiktok now is like in a in a whole mess of things
0: yeah tiktok uh might be banned in the u.s that's that's they were also waiting for you to go out of town to to do that
1: yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) didn't want us to break any news here on uh on floor nine while (laughs) we were away um well that was last week's news let's talk about this week's news first up we have a bit of news uh from twitch that actually doesn't relate to gaming uh which is pretty interesting so twitch has launched a new sports category uh as we start to see amazon looking for more sports dominance uh in that live streaming space so uh it's a little background here the uh, the standalone sports category will include streams from european soccer clubs like arsenal and real madrid uh and then of course twitch's new sports category will also play home to the existing nba nhl rfl ufc uh and nwsl uh content that is now available on the platform so yeah so again we just again amazon's pushing more into live sports we know that that they've betted or at least bidded for nfl rights in the past so maybe this is their uh you know another another avenue for them to get into that world of sports
0: yeah, and I think Twitch is a natural place for them to put sports. We already, it's already where people are consuming esports, and and mm-hmm. at least for for the Twitch audience, I think it makes a lot of sense as opposed to um, just adding it into Prime with it with the rest of uh, the Prime Video content.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, and it'd be good just to have it there, right? That's that's where people are paying attention. Uh, notably, Peacock now has live sports, and I thought that was super interesting because it felt weird watching sports on my phone. And like that little dialogue <laughs> box. I, I, I thought like the day would never come, but, but here it is. So uh, we're just starting to see more and more of a shift towards uh, these more digital platforms. So, so anyways, so here I am once again ringing the doomsday bell on, on uh, linear TV. It seems like it's the one thing that might, might never die in the world of media.
0: So uh, in, in actual gaming news, since our Twitch news was not gaming related, um, <laughs> ro- Roblox is rolling out uh, Party Place, uh, which is a private venue inside the game for uh, virtual birthday parties and other private gatherings inside of Roblox. Um, this is really cool. Um, we We know that people have been using have been flocking to social games to uh, connect with their friends and family and and co-workers uh, during quarantine Um, and and we've seen a huge uptick in the number of uh, people who are who are using games for social purposes and the amount of time that they're spending in those games Um, and Roblox is really just leaning into that by giving Mm -hmm. people this uh, this new place to host private events so this is a little different it's kind of might be bucketed in in the same bucket as uh, Fortnite's Party Royale mode, which which rolled out a couple months ago. Um, but Party Royale is is really a public island inside of Fortnite um, for events for public events to be hosted. Whereas Party Place is really for for you to invite your friends into a, a private area of Roblox uh, mm-hmm. to have your own private events. So a little different, um, but uh, I think it it all is part part and parcel with the same trend. Yep,
1: it's more like a Zoom room where you can go hang out, yeah, and have like a private exactly. conversation.
0: Maybe we should record uh, the next podcast inside a party place.
1: That would, I'm in. I'm 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 in. I can download it on my Xbox because that thing has more hardware and power than my laptop does. Uh, I'm all in on it. I just think like the one thing that's missing from this launch is just like a collaboration with Chuck E. Cheese. Like if they're coming out with birthday parties and other meetups, like go talk to Nolan Bushnell. Get get a Chuck E. Cheese you know branded skin in there or something because that's the place for uh, for birthday parties.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it used to be. I, I <laughs> it think, used to be, I think, yeah. who, who, who knows? Maybe kids growing up today, Roblox will be more popular than Chuck E. Cheese. For, yeah. For <laughs> well, one thing I do want to call out is that in case uh, you're unaware of how popular Roblox is, uh, they said as part of this announcement that more than half of kids under 16 in the U.S. Uh, are logging into Roblox every month. So uh, this is not... Uh, a niche uh, social platform. Mm-hmm. It is quite mainstream. It's it's on par with something like Snapchat uh, at that level. Yep. Um, so uh, this is it's it's a big uh, a big step forward for them. And I think uh, a step towards more you know more of a the, the kinds of features that you need to displace more traditional social networks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And. Uh, for all those that are looking to get their fix on uh, a bit more in-depth conversation about the, this idea of the metaverse and how these digital third places are coming to life, uh, Adam, I believe you wrote an awesome piece just recently on on the metaverse. So definitely go check that out. Uh, well, excuse me, two pieces on the metaverse. I don't want to uh, dilute uh, what, you, what you wrote. So uh, some great... Uh,
0: it was just very long. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, so definitely go check that out and we'll we'll, uh, link to it in our, in our show notes. Uh, and finally, we have a bit of news here from Spotify in the world of podcasting, which is going to be a great transition right into, uh, today's interview, uh, conversation. Uh, Spotify has launched video podcasts worldwide. So uh, on Tuesday, Spotify has has announced the global launch of their video podcast products. The new feature at launch will allow users including both free and paid subscribers to watch video content from a select group of podcast creators. Uh, I believe Joe Rogan is going to be one of those creators uh, that will first be on that platform. From there, it'll just be kind of I think the uh, the different creators that Spotify has already have exclusive deals with uh, before opening up to any other creators, but it'll be interesting. I'm not, Spotify has tried video in the past uh, and had some uh, issues with that kind of getting it to work. So we'll see how well this works compared to youtube because in the podcast world with video um youtube seems to be the place for vod uh and there's just a number of other little uh platforms out there like twitch and other live streaming platforms where people can kind of tune in and watch a podcast um raw and live so uh it's interesting but as we know video has high cpms and is a big driver of ad revenue so if they can get into it uh good good for them
0: yeah this this feels like more like it's rounding out a feature set for me than it is launching a totally new product for spotify okay I, i'm sure that you know if there is traction that they'll they'll pursue it but i don't i don't feel like there's it's the it's getting the full attention as uh, as audio podcasts are getting from spotify well i guess we'll see right like mm-hmm. it, they have been funding audio podcasts obviously and acquiring them so um if they do start to produce a lot more uh, in-house video content then we know they'll be serious about it mm-hmm. um, but as of right now it seems a little more tentative than their moves into audio Mm -hmm. audio podcast
1: right yeah well we'll see uh and and with that adam let's just uh you know go dive right into this week's conversation so uh we'll be talking to griffin capario the ceo of dante 32 a little independent podcasting company uh we're gonna do a little mid-year check-in on podcasting so i'd love to get his thoughts uh, on what he thinks about spotify launching video podcasts so uh let's go uh let's go talk to him everyone. Welcome to the interview section of this week's episode. Uh, we'll be talking about, really, a mid-year check-in uh, on the podcasting industry. And joining us for this week's conversation is Griffin Capario, the CEO of Dante32, which is a B2B podcast creation and marketing agency. So, Griffin, welcome to Floor 9. Thanks for having me, uh, Scott and uh, Adam. It's great to be here. Oh, well, thank you for, uh, you know, part- partaking. And now... Uh, is it Griff? Is it Griffin? What do you prefer for the uh, the rest of the show here?
2: You know, for most of my life, uh, it's been Griff or Griffin, uh, but not Griffy, not G, not any of these <laughs> other kind of permutations. Um, I, I usually prefer Griff. That's what most uh, people call me, and that's kind of the most uh, casual way to uh, to approach it. So,
1: okay, cool. Well, that that's great. Um, can you just give us a little background on? like what you do, like, like what is Dante32 for all of our listeners out there to really establish your podcasting credibility in, in the space?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So Dante32 is a, uh, a podcast creation and marketing company that I founded in 2018 um, with a partner in Chicago. And uh, we focus on businesses and brands. So we work all with B2B and B2C companies. Um, Mm -hmm. we do everything from creation strategy and launch to production distribution, as well as analytics, um, marketing and micro content creation and, um, podcast auditing. So it's really meant to be kind of a turnkey service for businesses who are looking to add podcasting to their brand awareness, internal communication,
1: or customer success. That's perfect. Perfect. Got any, got any tips for us? How, how are we doing so far? You guys are doing great. Yeah,
2: you guys are doing great. Believe me, I'd let you know if, uh, if I saw anything bad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, well, that's, that's great. Uh, a little news from Spotify. Spotify has now launched video podcasts. So hot take, Griff, what do you, what do you think about this?
2: Uh, Yeah, I I actually think it's a really big deal, especially considering where the world has been the last uh, three months. Um, Mm -hmm. We have always thought that video from the beginning is more costly, it's more complex, and uh, people get more um, self-conscious when they're on video. Um, The last Mm -hmm. five months has completely blown all of those things away. Um, the barrier level for video <laughs> and the confidence people have is, is dropped in terms of, um, you know, the, the quality. And so um, we're finding more and more people are recording video of their podcast to go alongside of it. And I think it's important to distinguish, you know, there is, there is video content and then there's video accompaniment. And I think the, the, the video that Spotify is doing is video accompaniment where the true content is the audio. But frankly, some people just like looking at and watching video because it makes them feel connected. I don't think that it's a competitor or a good comparison to say that it's pure video content. I think if they did the video without the audio piece, it wouldn't be as compelling.
0: Yeah, so this isn't something that's going to compete with YouTube or TikTok directly. It's more as a, an expansion Correct. of the audio market. How do you think that's going to impact um, the the ad sales? Um, do you think this is partially a, a way for them to get some uh, visual brand assets in front of consumers as well?
2: Yeah, I think it, I think it will. But Spotify, I've been super impressed with Spotify. They've been very focused and very disciplined, and they want to they want to own the ear. They don't, as of this point, want to own the eyes. And I think trying to monetize, I think they want to monetize audio advertising first and get that down pat and own it. Because I think as we've seen with other mediums out there, social, text, video, um, there's a winner take all market. And audio is going to be that. And I don't think they want to get into, they they don't want to fight a war in two fronts. They want to fight a war just for audio.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, no, d- definitely. the I look at it, it, it's very interesting because I would imagine the consumer behavior, I'd, I'd be curious to know how long a person is really has the app open and is looking at it when like they're actually listening and engaging because most times i think the way we think about it especially from an audio perspective is that the phone's in the pocket um so i think there's a benefit to them to have the ad space there uh because everybody likes video it sells it has higher premiums um but i i don't know if to your point they're going to be doing you know video content it's more like a video company if it's there it's like, like a nice to have but um i think we'll see the true um, execution of that when Joe Rogan's podcast becomes, you know fully exclusive to Spotify as well as all its videos, because we know Joe Rogan has a massive following on YouTube, and that's where a lot of people got their content. So it'll be interesting to see if that can be enough to change you know, or start the change of how people listen, you know, either in the pocket or or out of the pocket.- Well, think about this. Um, you can
2: always you can always try and infer strategy, and they didn't test it out on mobile devices they tested it out on their desktop app first. And a lot of those long running interview podcast shows are consumed when people are working and they're at their desk and they got their AirPods in um, and they just have it kind of up in the background or on a separate screen or something like that. And so I think it's very intentional that they're focusing on the desktop to trial this out because if it works on the desktop, but their real goal is mobile, it they, they wouldn't learn anything from the desktop success or failure. And so Mm -hmm. I think there's a reason that they chose desktop first before mobile.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense.
1: But that's not the only thing that's happened in the world of podcasting this week. And I'm just going to list off some titles here because I just think it really shows uh, really how the industry is developing. Uh, So one, we saw that SiriusXM has acquired Stitcher, which was pretty big news. Uh, Two, Spotify has launched podcasting charts. So now there is actual competition to the Apple podcast charts, which has currently reign supreme uh, when it comes to ranking shows and uh, who really is doing well or performing well. Uh, we saw a new podcast be launched by Spotify. So there's a podcast with Michelle Obama, excuse me, Michelle Obama, uh, Kim Kardashian. We saw the New York Times just acquire Serial Productions. Uh, so that was actually just done today. Uh, so great time to be recording today. Uh, and then lastly, HeadGum Studios got investment from UGV. So that was a lot just literally in like the past like two 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 weeks. So, when we think about the podcasting industry, obviously, like we we have come from a pandemic. When we first started, like that pandemic, the listenership was down. We we lost the commute, but it seems like it's stabilized. And uh, I don't think it's yet to pre COVID levels, but um, there is just a lot of investment, and I think this like and this investment has continued throughout the entire uh, pan pandemic. So. I look at all this in, as, as an overview and an overall kind of uh, guidance that says that like the podcast industry continues to be healthy uh, throughout everything that has been going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody uh, has seen that, you know, despite a momentary dip in listenership, um, podcasts are here to stay. It's, it's an exciting new medium. It's a new way to, um, to reach uh, a, a younger audience, a different audience uh, via audio. Um, and I think, you know, I think honestly, I think a lot of the activity that we're seeing is ha- happened because of that slight dip. It, it presented a, a buying opportunity, right? It's, uh, the market dips a little bit and things get slightly cheaper and it's, a uh, it's easier to, to justify pulling the trigger. Um, so that's, I think why we've seen so much, uh, M and a, uh, activity in the past couple months.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's, it's really, um, the space itself is very frothy. Um, I would say that the strongest thing, uh, based on, you know, kind of the, the items that Scott had said is that for a while, the podcast space, there was a lot of activity, but it was Spotify doing the buying, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd at the end of trading places, like everybody was coming to them to sell them their, (laughs) their podcast company. Um, now what you're seeing is people waking up and realizing the game that they're in. And, you know, I, I was tweeting about this not too long ago where, at this point, if Stitcher had to sell because they were in a lose-lose uh, position because the entire market is going to be um, played out at the very top end. You know, think of like the giant redwoods creating their own ecosystem above them. so if you're not if you're not pouring, you know hundreds of millions, if not billions, into becoming an audio destination, it's, it's game over for yeah. you. You should just you know figure out what to do. And I think that's what Stitcher did. And I think you're seeing a lot of these people, frankly, cash in on, I mean, that's what I think the serial deal is. That's, I would have done that in the heartbeat if I was serial. If I'm New York Times, I'm not 100% sure because it doesn't change the overall market economics where they still have to worry about access and distribution. And they themselves should know better than anyone what happens when someone gets in the middle of revenue- and their uh, their advertisers. They saw it happen with text. They're seeing it happen with video. The same thing is going to happen with audio. I don't know how this strengthens their position.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that, I mean, obviously it is part of shoring up the New York Times as a content destination. It gives them a lot more very strong content and audio that they, you know, they they had obviously had some very popular podcasts that they developed themselves. But this gives them a different, I, I think the serial team, their podcasts are a little different. They fit very well with the New York Times mm-hmm. branding of investigative journalism and, you know, more in-depth reporting that NYT is really, really going for. I do think that you're right though. I think that the New York Times, either there is an internal thing that we haven't seen yet, or there's some some more MA that's mm-hmm. coming um, around them mm-hmm. owning more di- of their own distribution because, uh, you know, they've been talking a really big game over the past year about becoming a huge global media company that serves every customer with with news content and i i they're 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 doing that on the content side um but yeah as long as they uh and and audio is i think they're not as vulnerable in audio today as they are in in text and in video or in video especially um but you know to your point mm-hmm. 5 years from now what is the audio landscape going to look like there's there's going to be a, a small number of gatekeepers just like just like in video
2: yeah and i mean they did just buy autumn uh, a uh, audm um, which is an app an audio based kind of um, text to speech text to audio app and so there are things in there it it just it remains to be seen if they can play at that level and in all honesty they may be successful Because you still do have, you know, a couple of like top end content producers that can live and sustain, but it's only because they have the massive volume. And for everyone else, if you don't have, if you're not the New York times and you're producing your own content, like you're going to get in line. I think what people found with Facebook and Google and a lot of these other services is you're going to get in line along with everyone else.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I think we're missing this, the, the, the easiest rationale behind this, right? It's like, if you're getting into podcasting, you just, you can't be a podcasting company without true crime or that nature i mean that's is right. what that's that's is what it is you know spotify has bought parsec the um the true crime is one of like the biggest categories in which people love to listen to um and so everybody if you're a true network or you want to get deep into podcasting you got to have true crime so this was their males so go for the best
0: so what what we're saying is we're about to uh spin up floor 10 which is a true crime
1: podcast and
0: um stay tuned for our, for our first episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but it's interesting right like we're seeing spotify have you know a lot of acquisitions in the new york times uh sirius xm but previously like they had bought pandora which kind of has podcasts kind of doesn't now they have stitcher um and the biggest player in the space has just been largely absent you know apple um outside of them just curating this directory that all these different podcast catchers pull from there hasn't been a lot of moves on there on 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 their end and so it's interesting to see this because soon enough spotify is going to be the market leader in in audio and i wonder is this because apple looks at podcasts as too small uh not not enough bees for them to really have a vested interest in it do they just want to be neutral curators like i'm curious to hear from you know griffin adam like what you what you guys think about um Apple's position in this.
2: Um, you
1: know, speaking
2: from, from there, I, I don't honestly know what they're thinking. Um, I would take a guest and say that they have not yet proven that they can succeed in a services line of business, you know, um, mm. Apple, Apple news, um, uh, from a content standpoint, unless it's like iTunes store where they're purchasing assets, mm-hmm. which is very similar to kind of like the product, uh, type thing. Um, They're, they're kind of been struggling around and they don't really execute well. I mean, Apple TV has been, you know, a huge bomb. Mm. Um, and so, but at the same time, like they own this, this just goes to show you how important distribution is. They still own the pipes. Yep. And so Mm -hmm. at any moment they could become the industry leader. So it doesn't, you don't need to be good. You just need to be in the right position. I mean,
0: a lot of a lot of the reason why all of this is possible that we're talking about right now, all of the news that's happened in the past week (laughs) is because Apple has basically established a market and then didn't do anything with it. So they they left that opportunity up to to other other people. Um, And I think the question is just, you know, podcasting has been around for uh, for like 15 years now, um, and early on, it was it was a, a, an easy way for them to get free content onto iPods, which was you know why they sort of embraced <laughs> it in the first place. But uh, but now that it's starting to turn into more of a serious industry, while we know Apple also has this focus on services revenue, it does sort of seem like if they're ever going to do anything, now is the time to do it. Um, again, before before Spotify yeah. you know becomes uh, sort of takes over their position as as the market leader. Um I do think though that the one one thing that's t- the the one Apple service that actually is closest to how podcasts might work is also the the one that is the most successful, which is the App Store. Um, the way that the App Store obviously works with, mm. with any developer able to develop and submit their own applications is very similar to how podcasts work on Apple's platform, where anybody can produce their own podcast content and upload it. Unlike things like uh, like uh, you know Apple TV or um, or the original iTunes Store. So I think that there's actually even a model there for how they could help podcasts creators monetize i don't think we want to necessarily be charging you know per podcast fees but you know people have talked about subscriptions uh for a long time and apple has all that infrastructure built in it it would be very easy for them to launch a subscribe for one dollar a month or, or you know obviously however much you want to set the cost um and, uh, that would be super easy for them to do. It would mean revenue for them, obviously taking a 30% cut of those sales or whatever the, you know, <laughs> happens after our, our, antitrust hearings next week. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, but, but actually to that point, it wouldn't be an antitrust question because of how big Spotify has gotten in the market at this point.
2: Well, so something to think about though, too, is that, um, I hear you, but my counterpoint would be, they have a, a monopoly on Uh, the ability to install applications on iOS. They are the only game in town. And so by success of the App Store, what that really means is developers have no other option. That's not like that with
0: podcasts.
2: With podcasts, there's multiple different services. That's
0: true, but Apple Podcast is still the largest. And from what we know, Spotify's growth is actually not so much coming at the expense of Apple, but is actually at because they're adding consumers to the the market. Totally. So, you know, it's again, and, you know, obviously, you know, things are changing very quickly. But uh, if they acted soon, they still have an opportunity, I think, to to shape the market, if they wait, even, you know, until this time next year, it might be too late, and they might be following Spotify's lead for anything that they do.
2: Well, Apple music, I mean, in reality, Apple music would die along with it because as more and more uh content gets put into Spotify, that becomes a more right. attractive um service. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily Apple Podcasts versus Spotify, it's Apple's audio right. services
0: versus And that Spotify. would be the argument for doing it even if they don't actually care about podcasts that much. Um is is to right. do it as right. a competitive <laughs> right. uh, competitive wedge against against music. Um, totally. Yeah. I mean, the the other side of things that Scott and I talk about all the time is just the podcast tools and production side of things that Apple obviously produces mm-hmm. a lot of creative mm-hmm. tools and how great would it be to have GarageBand built in with, with tools for podcasting that lets you publish directly. They, they could, you know, they, they have all of the pieces to own that whole pipeline if they really wanted to. Uh, it's just that they seem to not want to, <laughs>
2: And I would say that, you know, one thing to think, one thing to visualize this is that like, this is a poker table where mm-hmm. each subsequent player, the, the bet to call is getting larger and larger. So like, you know, at some point, you know, the reason, um, Sirius bought stitcher is less about stitcher and as much about mid roll. And mm-hmm. then the purchase of Simplecast. you know, it becomes, it's becoming a uh, part and parcel for you as a podcast or an audio service to be vertically integrated Yep. own ad network hosting, I mean, Spotify, you know, started the process. And so, you know, even if Apple wanted to say, Hey, we're going to get serious about this, the the bet to call is getting larger and larger. They need to be able to figure out how to replicate these things because eventually the best content will go to where the content creators are rewarded. And that'll draw in more advertising dollars, which will draw in more mm-hmm. content creators. I mean, we've seen this play out over and over again.
1: Yeah it's, 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 there's, it's, it's the race towards essentially, you know, centralization, right. And we'll see how that kind of all, all shakes out. Um, there's a lot of different people out there, the buying podcasts, looking to recruit podcasters to be on their hosting platforms. Uh, we're just talking about, you know, like I would say like the big two or three, but I, there's, I don't know, seven more, eight more that are all smaller, kind of doing the same thing. So, um, there's many, many layers of you know types of creators, and I would say the scale of which you know these different people can can compete at. But I do want to ch- sw- switch the conversation just a little bit here uh, and think about just like you know podcasting uh, from like as like this marketing channel. And so, uh, Griff, I know you have some really interesting insights or thoughts around how you view podcasting as a marketing channel, especially working with you know more b2b clients uh, i would say in general we've adam and i have talked about this from a consumer standpoint and um from a you know how you reach the consumer and the audience who like advertising but like you know, how are you looking at podcasting as like this tool or asset that brands can use uh to really drive their messaging to kind of create community uh and you know really build their uh their product
2: yeah. So, uh, it's a good question because that's a lot of what we end up talking about with customers is, you know, they hear a podcast and they think Joe Rogan and, um, you know, the reality is podcasting is, uh, an industry, but it's also a medium. And so the medium is a lot bigger than the industry. And it's a little bit akin to like Hollywood. Um, you know, every, every video that you create is not judged against the Avengers. You create videos of your kids, you create videos for your family, you create videos for your work. I mean, there's all sorts of applications of the medium. And so if you, if you think outside of like just constraining it to the top 200 and and Apple and you really think of it as how can I benefit from delivering audio over the internet in like a subscription type manner, Mm -hmm. then all sorts of channels open up in terms or all sorts of use cases open up where, you know, people are using it to, um, market to their customers. And it becomes about the quality of the audience, not the quantity. People are using it to communicate internally with their business uh, and their employees. They're using it as a recruiting tool to show off kind of the internal projects and to highlight, you know, instead of a, um, a corporate magazine, people are doing podcasts to kind of show off what they can do. Mm -hmm. Um, as, and I think for consumer companies and B2B companies that are selling products, as you look at the, monopoly of advertising where, you know, like we were just talking about the, the gatekeepers and, and distribution, um, the way to your audience is being, um, uh, kind of middlemen by Google and Facebook and a lot of customer, a lot of clients and a lot of companies are finding themselves struggling to be able to pay the, the tax of, um, advertising. And so they need to develop audiences of their own and they're finding, you know, how many times have you said, like, get, get people off of a channel that you don't control to email to a channel you do control, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of the Holy grail. And so, you know, we think, frankly, building up a media arm where people come to you for content and you have a direct relationship with them is really the next you know generation for a lot of marketing, a lot of advertising and a lot of kind of brand building. And I think you're seeing that out. I think you're seeing that play out in like a lot of different areas uh, of the industry, especially like DTC and digitally native brands. But um, I think you're you're seeing that kind of pop up, and we're seeing podcasting as one of the most effective and, frankly, easiest ways to do that in Mm -hmm. a manner that people still consume with high degrees of frequency and consumption.
1: I feel like you're just preaching what we do at the lab <laughs> that was unintentional I, I wasn't going for that but <laughs> no by all means I, i'll take it i'll take a, a, an unintentional compliment any time of the week um another aspect that we always a lot, of, a lot of questions about are our metrics um i think as we all know and adam as we discuss in length uh the classic is there, there are downloads there are ur url codes and then there are promo codes uh and that seems to work you know super well for performance-based marketers like d2c brands um but as we start to see like this, this bigger and bigger shift of you know centralization and bigger players buying up smaller players um it's attracted bigger brands you know coca-colas of the world the bmws of the world the Gs. so they are looking more for like awareness-based metrics and, you know, having those impression counts. So, I mean, when you're looking at metrics and especially when you're working with, with, with your clients, like what what are they saying about metrics? Are they asking for more? Do they, are they really excited about Spotify and their new SII technology because like they're going to be able to like, get that impression-based metric and that listenership? Um, what are you, what are you hearing on the street? Yeah, you know, I think for a lot of
2: companies, that's, you know, there's always the elephant in the room of like, how do we know this is working? Um, what I would say is when you step outside your primary goal being audience size for CPM based advertising, like if that's not your primary goal and you kind of step to the left or to the right of that, then a whole new world kind of opens up to you in terms of like how to think about analytics. And just an example, if you say your, your target audience is, um, you know, consumers of your product. Not necessarily podcast listeners, so to speak, but consumers of your product, and how do you get at them with audio? Then things like your website become much more valuable and much more um, useful for on ramping uh, and connecting to your customers. We have mm-hmm. some clients where upwards of 50% of their listenership of their show happens through their website. And once wow. you are on your website, your traditional funnels come into play. You can funnel people into your newsletter. You can funnel people into your other, you know, kind of like lead pipeline uh, tools. It becomes a much more approachable uh, distribution mechanism. SEO is another Mm -hmm. big one where a lot of the content generated, even if nobody listens to it from an audio standpoint or the numbers are very small, they become evergreen uh, anchor pieces and anchor content that you um, use from an SEO perspective to kind of continuously mine, you know, weeks after they're, uh, after they're released, again we have some clients whose um, entire back catalog is consumed every quarter, going back two and a half years, and so those are the kind of assets and those are the kind of payoffs that you get from a from an audio driven you know and turning it into textual driven content that allows you to kind of like think just outside pure you know downloads,
1: less of a buy and more part of like a larger marketing strategy and like an asset.
2: Totally, and you know we the most important thing that you can have when starting a podcast is the most important thing you can have when starting any content. It's strategy. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to say? Who are you talking to, and why should they care? Mm-hmm. If you don't have those pieces, and that includes everything that you're doing from a marketing perspective, because if your podcast sounds and feels totally different than your blog or your you know um, PPC advertising or your newsletter it's gonna feel jarring it's gonna feel very disconnected and and very jarring to the to the consumer
1: yeah the um there's there's there, there's definitely a benefit to consistency, you know kind of having that weave throughout everything that um a brand does or or do um adam i'm I'm curious to hear from you you know any any thoughts about these metrics it's
0: i mean i think that um using podcasting is another and I think very easy and accessible form of brand content that people can be producing. Um, as Griff just mm-hmm. said, it, 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 it has a really long shelf life if it's good content and uh, it helps establish your thought leadership in your industry. It helps
1: mm-hmm. uh, get
0: your, your brand's uh, values out there as we, we know those are super important, as we've been saying. And it, uh, it gives people a really, I, there's something really intimate about podcasting because we listen to so many podcasts with headphones and most of them are, you know, I, I'm personally a fan of, of lighter produced, less, uh, less serial style, more uh, smart people talking style. Uh, Podcast, um, it's really just like like really this one. Just prov- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really just provides a good intimate uh, personal connection with with consumers, um, and I think that that um, yeah, like Griff said, it takes some strategy. You can't just. Uh, jump in there with uh, whatever you were doing you know with your radio advertising <laughs> um, that 's not going to work, but um, <laughs> when you develop the content thoughtfully i think it's it 's you know relatively low cost relatively low lift as far as content production goes and it it gives you a, a huge asset
1: absolutely and so for all of our our listeners out there and our and our brands and our media teams and uh, everybody like that that is curious the um, we had an update on the, the ad spend projection uh, in the podcasting realm this year. So um, it was revised by the IAB. Um, it's, st- it's still good. So it was actually projected for this year at uh, about 30%, um, but it is now looking to be about 14 or 15% uh, overall growth for this year. So while not as big as it was originally supposed to be uh i still think a very healthy amount you know year over year from 2019 so looking at about 14 percent growth um and again just some of the categories that have been interesting uh you can't really go and be podcast again without true crime uh, but some of the the actual um categories that seem to capture a lot of attention uh are going to be news uh that seems to be up a lot comedy has obviously performed well uh, in, in a time when people need a laugh uh society and culture and of course uh business so if you're thinking about the podcast audience and who that listener is and what they're listening to uh those are some of the the categories in which uh seem to be performing well currently so we we mentioned that there was a you know a dip in listenership uh a few months back when this whole pandemic started, but let's just go a bit deeper into how people are actually listening to podcasts today. So the, the general expectation is that it has leveled out uh, from a listener perspective, podcasts, a big portion of of when people listened was during a commute. uh, And that is no longer a thing. And so I think what we're seeing is that the spike in the morning is now being spread out evenly across the day, people are listening more this throughout their day being home. Uh, And interesting enough, I think this is actually from ACAST, they're seeing spikes on the weekend. So people are actually listening more on the weekend, when they have some free time. Griff, maybe from like your, like your clients, like, like what, like what are they seeing in terms of listenership? Yeah.
2: I mean, across the board, we saw a dip in, um, the six weeks starting March 1st. Um, so March to mid April, but anecdotally, uh, it's across the board, not only rebounded, but higher than it was kind of, um, uh, pre COVID. Um, and so I, I look at it as a speed bump, um, Mm -hmm. uh, based on kind of like what I'm seeing anecdotally and what I talk about with, you know, kind of other people in the industry.
1: So that's a positive sign, yeah, I think so, yeah, Adam anything anything to add there
0: uh this isn't covid related specifically, but it is something that i I think about a lot. We've seen um research that says that um Digital audio consumption as a whole is continuing is, is has started and is continuing to grow fifteen to twenty percent year over year, and that's expected to continue to grow uh, over the next five years at that same same level. Uh, and a lot of that is due to AirPods and wireless headphones and just more people having headphones with them more often um, as a way to you know even if you're doing something that takes five or ten minutes, you know you might as well listen to, listen to some music, listen to a podcast. Um, and, and that is, I think, going to benefit music and podcasts uh, equally, but it certainly is a, a way for for more podcasts to get in, in more people's ears more at, at new times that are outside of their, their normal commute.
2: So it used to be that their audio was situationally consumed. So like you went to the living room to put on the headphones to listen to the hi-fi. Like it was very like, this is where I listen to audio. And then it became very pervasive uh, pervasively consumed, where everybody is walking around and it's always on. I think you're going to see the the stepping stone in parallel with that is that it's been situationally uh, created. So you're in the kitchen and you talk to Alexa. You're in the bathroom and you talk to Google Home. So the next step is also going to be kind of like creation uh, from a pervasive sense. So you're going to be walking around with your AirPods or you're going to be in any room in your house and you'll be able to just talk like Jarvis um, to something and have it interact and create. And, um, you know, the biggest anecdotal evidence that I can say is, you know, there's a reason that humans from birth learn how to talk before we learn how to read and write. And it's because audio is the highest density, most intentional way to kind of communicate and to process and understand. And so, uh, I think you're going to see a massive explosion in in the role that audio plays in our lives. And I think it's, it starts with this podcast boom, but I think it's going to go much, Mm -hmm. much bigger uh, than that.
1: Well, with that, I think that's the uh, the perfect place to end. So, Adam, Griff, thank you so much. Always a pleasure nerding out and talking about podcasting.
2: You got it, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: And with that, listeners, that wraps up this week's episode of Floor 9. So, as always, you can catch the live stream live on twitch from thursdays from two to three so go check that out if there are any questions feel free to let us know uh you can reach me at scott.elchison at Lab or uh, shoot me a tweet uh, at t-i-p-p-i-e-r on twitter so thank you and we'll see you all next week